This is Mary Lewis at A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today I'm talking with Sadie Willis at the Fair Share CSA Coalition. Good morning, Sadie. How are you? Hey, Mary. I am doing very well. Thank you so much for asking and for having me on your podcast today. You are so welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you about all these things that have to do with CSA because not everybody knows what a CSA is. If you want to if you want to tell us what CSA stands for and then what you do, that would be great. Yeah, of course. So CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture, and really at its core, it's just about establishing a stronger relationship between those of us who are eating produce, eating local food, and the people who grow it or our local farmers in the community. Um, So yeah, today we're going to be talking both about the CSA Innovation Network, which is a national group focused on CSA programs all across our country and even internationally to an extent, which I can touch on if we want, Mm. Um, and the organization I work with, which is Midwest-centric and is called Fair Share CSA Coalition, all about building that connection between farmers and consumers. Okay. So the one thing I want to mention first off is that my husband and I have offered a CSA share for the last three summers, and we're we're not offering it this year, partly because he, he got a new job and his hours are not exactly set. He may have to work overtime and Mm -hmm. he's just not going to have the time he had to put into getting everything ready for the shares to go out and it's his baby and it's not my thing. So we're not offering a CSA this year. The thing is, the other reason we're not is the first year we had, I think we had five subscriptions. The second year we had nine and this past year we had two CSA subscriptions and an egg subscription because we have chicken, we have laying hens Mm-hmm. And I was seeing in what I was reading online about other people who offer CSA shares from their gardens that their subscription rate was down. And the only thing I can think of is that money got real, real tight last winter. And for anyone who doesn't yes. know, when you're subscribing to a CSA share through a local business or farm, you lay out the money at the beginning of the season, you you pay ahead and then you are guaranteed produce or fruit or whatever your subscription is for, for the entire season. And I feel like people just could not afford the the cost at the beginning of the season. Did, have you heard anything about this? Yeah. So thanks so much for sharing your personal experience, Mary. Um, We have definitely been seeing trends within our CSA coalition at Fair Share in the Midwest and nationally that a lot of our partners at the Innovation Network have been looking into. We saw CSA really spike in 2020 going into 2021 during Mm -hmm. the pandemic because people were very concerned about being able to consistently guarantee their family would have food. Um, We saw supply chain issues. Um, Don't need to get into all of those 
factors that were hitting everyone really hard for those couple of years specifically. Mm-hmm. But CSA and having a strong connection to someone local who you knew could grow food for you and your family was really important. And now a few years on from that, we have seen, like you mentioned, the money stressors. Um, people don't have as much dispensable income, or if they do, they don't have a big chunk to drop at one time. Um, and they're finding other ways to get a consistent supply of food and even local food still for their families. So I think overall, we have been seeing um, twofold. One, farmers stepping back from CSA and doing more farmers markets or selling wholesale um, to buyers in their community who are then getting it out to individuals in the community. Um, So sort of using that middleman approach. Um, And on the consumer side, we're seeing people branch out. They're going to farm stores again. They're going to their local co-ops and groceries. They're going to farmer's markets during that season because we're a little bit beyond that pandemic caution um, that was so heavy during 2020 and 2021. Um, So people are still finding ways to connect. But yeah, how we measure CSA specifically, like a traditional pay over the winter and then get a box every week for the growing season that has definitely been dropping off to an extent. Okay. So it's not just my per- my perception. It right. is actually a trend. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, bad, bad, but good that it's not just ours because we were like, are we doing something wrong? <laughs> yeah. And, and we I can, weren't. to some extent, um, a lot of the partners in our national network, the CSA Innovation Network, are doing research on these trends too. So we're still sort of in the weeds with finding out all of the factors that are contributing, but we've done some consumer surveys to see what people value about food purchasing. So what do they look to get besides the calories from the food that they're buying? And being affordable is definitely a strong component of what people are looking for when they're buying food. Um, But people are still looking to find those local connections. And it's just that there's a lot more options on the table now than what there were a few years ago whenever we were in that pandemic peak and CSA was a really reliable way for people to to guarantee their themselves um, local food. Yeah, I emailed our two subscribers from last year a month ago and let them know we weren't going to going to be offering the the CSA shares again this summer. Mm-hmm. And I said, but but we will be at the Lasor Farmers Market, so yes. if you want our stuff, we'll be there. And one of the one of the ladies was like, I will just have to go down to Lasore Farmer's Market every Saturday morning and say hi. And I was like, thank you. Yes. I didn't, I didn't think that that, I didn't think that she would do that. And so it made my heart swell a little bit. I was like, oh, she loves our stuff enough to find a different way to do it. So that's great. Um, yeah. So the reason, the reason I brought all that up is I was looking at your website and I saw that there's a cost share program that is offered for people who, if they can't afford the outlay for the subscription, that mm-hmm. if they qualify, you guys will will match or, or help up to a certain amount of money. Can you talk about that? Because I didn't know that existed. Sure, definitely. So this is something uh, specifically, Mary, that is run through Fair Share CSA Coalition. So it applies to the... Okay farms. We've got about 40, a little over 40 farms across the Midwest who are eligible to offer these reduced shares, reduced price DSA shares to um, community members across these states that we operate in. Um, This one is just an example. Fortunately, there are 
programs all over the country that the CSA Innovation Network is connected to that can help people um, get CSAs without having to shell out the full cost. You know, usually it's a few to several hundred dollars for an entire season of veggies, which if you think about it, breaks down to on par, usually with getting organic fresh produce from a grocery store, $20, $30 a week or so for a box of fresh veggies. But putting all that money up front is sometimes not feasible for folks, especially on limited um, incomes. So Mm -hmm. yeah, the Fair Share CSA Coalition Program, we call it Partner Shares. So the Partner Shares Program um, has a really high demand every year. We just opened our applications a few weeks ago and already have been processing a lot of people in our community who are looking for those fresh veggies. They love knowing exactly what farm they're coming from. And what we're able to do is use grant funding and some other funds from donations and event um, events that we host as fundraisers to subsidize the cost of the CSA share. So we're still ensuring that the farmer gets the full income from the veggies that they're growing. They get some money from us, some money from federal programming mm-hmm. that we have um hold up for them. And then they do get some money, um, whether that's 25 up to 75% of the share from the member who's joining. So depending on that member's financial ability, they can choose to pay on a sliding scale, a percentage of how much the CSA is worth, but then we cover the rest through the partner shares program. Um, And SNAP, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, that's available on a federal scale, that is also able to be applied here. Um, SNAP is a way for people to be able to buy more fresh produce um, with limited incomes, and we process SNAP to help their dollars go further so that there's essentially free money coming into play as well via SNAP um, where folks can... um, give some of their own money. We provide those subsidies as well. And then SNAP steps in to cover more also. Lots of things coming together to make CSAs more affordable. I will say that we consistently end up with a mailing list each year. So that definitely, or sorry, not a mailing list, a wait list each year. So that um, speaks to the amount of demand that's out there. People definitely want fresh produce, no matter where they fall on um, income levels or financial ability. And we try to work with people to the fullest extent to set up payment plans. A lot of farms are moving to methods where they don't necessarily require the full season's payment up front. So that's been encouraging to see um, lots of considerations there as to whether that's doable on the farm side to keep their business running being able to buy seeds and other supplies ahead of a season um, whenever they might be getting weekly payments throughout the year instead of all of that money in January or February. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win for the consumer and the producer, which is great. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Okay. So those were the things that I wanted to bring up because of the things that I noticed as we've been doing this. We've been doing this for three years now. And it's been... It's been so fun to be able to to grow food for the community and to donate to the mm-hmm. food shelf and to sell at the farmer's market. And my husband is the one who really gardens and he's the one that does this stuff. He, he loves to do it. And he was so moved at the end of this past season when people came to the farmer's market, the last one he was at. 
and didn't necessarily buy anything, but stopped in specifically to tell him how much they enjoyed what he'd done over the summer and how great the food was and that they hoped that he came back. And he came home from that last farmer's market just, just swelling with happiness and pride, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sure that people realize that, that when local people grow or make or produce something that they're doing it because they love it and they're putting their whole self into it. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's a really strong component of CSA is being able for, to let people know their farmers and whether it's on the smaller scale, like you and your husband having a handful of people who, you know, one-to-one through that relationship, um, or some of our CSAs have a few hundred members, but they still get to know Mm -hmm. the farmer with on-farm events like potlucks or harvest parties, bringing members out to the fields to glean the last of the strawberries or squash for the season. That relationship is something that exists all across the spectrum, no matter what flavor of CSA people might be doing, whether it's picking up the share at the market um, and being able to shop for other goods, or if it's a strict weekly delivery schedule, that relationship is really just the core of what community-supported agriculture is. I'm so glad you've been able to experience that, you and your husband. Yeah, it's really fun. And we didn't know anyone when we moved here three and Mm -hmm. a half years ago. We only moved half an hour away from where we used to live, but we moved to a town we didn't know. We found the place we wanted. It didn't matter where it was. And so it's it's been really fun for him because he's very social. I'm not. I, I am I am real happy being on my own most of the time, mm-hmm. which is why I'm hiding behind a computer doing podcasts <laughs> and not out in the world interviewing people in person. But he is very social and he's very good at peopling. Peopling is what I call yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it and seems so like CSA been has so- been a good fit and farmers markets too fall into that category. Yeah. It's been so good for him to be able to feel like he's doing something that helps people, but also lets him pursue his passion in the gardening. Mm-hmm. So that's been that's been a, an absolute blessing for him, and it's been a blessing for me too because he he has ADD and he's very bouncy, and so if he has a focus, he's doing his thing and he's not like, hey, we should do, hey, we should do, hey, we should go. I'm like, whoa, yeah. buddy, <laughs> calm down. So it's it's a benefit in a lot of ways for him, for me, and for the people that we're, we're selling to or sharing with. Right. So tell me, tell me what you would like to tell me about what you're doing, because I'm not, I don't really have a list of questions, but, but I know the fair share program exists and you were saying that you're part of that too. Yes. So um, I'm our network coordinator. So uh, that essentially means that I do all the back end behind the scenes work uh, through FairShare, who's my employer, um, for supporting the CSA Innovation Network. And we also have a Midwest Vegetable Growers Network. So that's not CSA specific, but that's another way that we're trying to connect farmers to each other, provide education um, just across vegetable growing in the Midwest specifically. So growers in our region are quite spaced out. Usually there's not as much concentration as maybe on the West Coast or the East Coast. So finding ways to let growers connect with each other, connect and learn with from their peers digitally, virtually um, is something that MVEG, the Midwest Vegetable Growers Network, 
is heavily involved in. Um, but yeah, specifically at Fair Share, we again are Midwest centric. So we've got a coalition of farms, about 40 to 50 farms right now, um, who are affiliated with our coalition. Um, we've got even more about double that who are connected with our coalition, um, not officially endorsed and eligible for the partner shares program, but still in this community of CSA farmers across the Midwest. And what I am really excited about is just seeing that coalition of farmers continue to grow. Like you mentioned about your husband's and what I've seen working with growers of any scale is we're all doing it because we love to grow food. I'm a home gardener as well. And I do that mm -hmm. because I love getting my hands dirty, getting homegrown produce on the table um, and sharing it with friends and family too. So Fair Share's mission is really to just support that connection between farmers and eaters. Um, an event that we do every year and it's coming up on, I think it's 18th year this fall, is called Bike the Barns. And this takes a handful of farms, about four usually, within the Madison, Wisconsin area, since that's where our home office is and several of our staff are, are located, including myself. We take farms around Madison, Wisconsin, and we set up a route for people to bike between them. And then we provide bike, bike. bike. yes. Bike. Bike the Farms, B-I-K-E. Yes. I was going to ask you what you said. Okay. Yeah. Bike the Barns is our bicycle tour event to get people on their bicycles. We also have a bus for accessibility or, you know, I probably wouldn't want to bike the whole route myself. So people can take mm -hmm. a bus as well. And we provide food and drink at each farm stop. And then we've got a big after party with even more food and drink at the end of the bike route. And we use all locally sourced food. So we connect our farmers to the restaurateurs and entrepreneurial food makers in the community who we contract with. And we get freshly made, locally sourced, very produce heavy and local meats and dairy incorporated as well into this wonderful menu across the day where people can bike, see the landscape of the beautiful Driftless region or Wisconsin, uh, Southwest Wisconsin area. Um, and get to connect with the farmers directly on their land. So that event is incredible. It's one of my favorite parts of working at Fair Share is being able to help support that event planning. And it is a fundraiser for our partner shares program. That's what the one I mentioned earlier. So all of that money from the community members who are purchasing tickets to get access to this event, and then also a lot of them donate on top of their base ticket cost, um, that goes right back into our food access programming. So I think it's really full circle, um, a lovely way for the community to see us engaging and connecting people with food. I think that's the number one thing that I would probably call out from my work specifically at Fair Share that's not connected to um, the CSA Innovation Network directly. That is such a fun event. I, I can't imagine the work that goes into organizing it. Yeah, we are already starting some of the planning. We've got the <laughs> route up. The date is that it's always the third Sunday in September and already starting to brainstorm what restaurants we want to feature this year. Fun. So much fun. You were telling me about it and my smile just kept getting bigger and bigger on my face. <laughs> um, okay, so so I know about I know about Fair Share 
because when we lived in Jordan and we were younger and had four small kids to feed, um, we we did the fair share thing where, where I volunteered hours for the, uh, oh, I can't even think, not commercial club. Um, one of the organizations in town, I'm blanking on the name. I would I would volunteer a couple hours a month and then we would be able to pay less money for good food, bring it home and feed our kids. Is that the same fair share program that you are talking about? I think that must be different. I have heard of a few that are um at the same name because it is the good name. <laughs> okay. okay, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a different um program or organization. I didn't know if they were tied in together. Yeah. Something that um, sounds similar okay. is a lot of our farms have uh, worker shares. So I don't know if you did this on your farm, but letting members or friends, family come out and help weed, help plant harvest, whatever needs to be done on farm chores. And then that's in exchange for getting that food that week. So yeah, volunteering in order to get um, those veggies that are freshly harvested is definitely a model that we support wholeheartedly. Yeah, we have not done that yet, mostly because we had not gotten the insurance for right. our property to make that possible. And anyone who is considering doing anything where the public actually comes onto your property, definitely look into the laws mm -hmm. regarding that because when we checked with our insurance agent about it, he's great. And he was like, you're going to want this and you're going to want to become an LLC or some business entity so that your assets are protected. Da, 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 da. So if anyone is considering starting a business on their property where they create or grow or produce anything and people come to pick it up at your property, definitely talk to your insurance company. And um, if you need to consult a lawyer about what the laws are, because the last thing you want is someone getting hurt on your property <laughs> and there's no recourse for you or for them except to be sued because being sued is not a, a thing you want to yes. happen. Yeah, that is great advice. It's definitely something we've heard from a lot of farms is what are the rules around getting people out onto the farm? Um, and yeah, checking with local insurance, checking your local um, county regulations about the number of people that can be on property or events <laughs> being held there, um, what types of business you're allowed to conduct based on zoning regulations. It's kind of messy, but like you said, Mary, it, it can be worth it. It absolutely is worth it. Um, we had a, a CSA member who brought her little kids um, the first two years. She's been a member, I think all three years. She's been a subscriber. And when she first came, her littlest was two and a half, I think. Her, her oldest and then her littlest was a little baby. Mm -hmm. He was maybe six months old. And it kind of scared me because the little girl who was oldest really loves chickens and we have a chicken coop and a chicken run. And every time they came, she wanted to go see the chickens and she wanted to feed the chickens. And my husband was totally cool with that. <laughs> and she actually stuck her hand through the chicken wire to pet one of the chickens oh and it pecked her. And I was like, oh no, oh no. Yeah. She was fine, but... 
but I was nervous that she was going to get hurt. And I didn't want to get hurt because she was adorable, <laughs> but I didn't want to get hurt because that's a problem right. that we weren't ready to handle. So even the tiniest things that seem not dangerous can be. Yeah, definitely. So that's that's why I, I said all that, because <laughs> I just want to make sure people don't end up in a situation they didn't expect. And you will find yourself in situations you didn't expect if you if you uh, have a any kind of farm. Things are going to happen. Yes. So, okay. Uh, so what I I'm not going to lie. I did not. I slept four hours last night, and I'm trying my darndest <laughs> to be on top of this, but it's is not really working great today. Um, we have like six more minutes to make it to thirty minutes. So, what else can you tell me, Sadie? Because I need you to bail me out on yeah. this. <laughs> no worries at all, Mary. Totally get that. Um, I can talk a little bit more about CSA Week that is coming up this month. So we're yeah. super excited about it. Um, this is something that used to be just CSA Day, but we didn't think that was enough. So it's expanded to a full week. It starts on February 19th and runs through the 25th. So a full week, Monday through the following Sunday, to focus on community-supported agriculture. And um, we still just call it the National CSA Week, but we have seen, like I alluded to at the beginning of our call, some international involvement as well, which is really cool. Um, but CSA Week is just uh, something that we do on the CSA Innovation Network level. All of our network partners, which we've got over 20 organizations and other networks of farmers, farmer communities like Fair Share, um, who come together. We spend a handful of months putting together this really robust packet of materials. This is social media templates, op-ed templates for people to put into their local papers, Um email templates for people to customize, and also just example posts and images and graphics for farmers to share and repost on their platforms. Um, basically, we're asking folks to just share any way that they want to to promote your own CSA and signups for the season ahead and the concept of community-supported agriculture. So we want to just build public awareness. Um, as I've sort of mentioned, CSA used to be this traditional box model where farmers grow food, they put whatever's in season and ready to harvest that week into a box and it goes to the members and that's sort of it. But it's really been adapting mm -hmm. and changing over time. A lot of CSAs are customizable now. So there's online platforms where the members can log on and choose specifically what they want out of all of the full bounty that's available that time of year. So they can create their own boxes to an extent, or they can add on things. Like you mentioned, you've got an egg add-on um, from your hens, so they can add on eggs or locally grown grains or a bouquet of flowers and things like that. So just promoting all of these different styles and additions that we've seen explode in the CSA space over the past handful of years is what we're really trying to get at during this CSA week that's just focused on all of the different components of CSA. Um, this year we've incorporated some farmers specifically contributed content. So quotes from farmers that we collected last year about how you describe CSA to your members, um, sort of an elevator pitch, if you will, so that folks can then take that and, and use it as inspiration for their own marketing of CSA. 
And it's just so fun to engage over social media and email. Um, we've got a webinar planned during that week as well. So we get to talk directly with CSA growers this time of year before things get really too, too busy on the farm and you're still trying to connect with your community. Um, get CSA members signed up to join you for a season of good eating. Um, and we just want to get the word out more. So yeah, that's coming up February 19th is when it kicks off and we'll be doing a lot. I'm sure you'll see over Instagram and Facebook, um, but we are also working pretty hard behind the scenes to just stay connected and let growers um, connect with each other and find good ways to make CSA feel like a valuable investment to their community. Yeah. Um, if people are nothing else, they are creative and they are motivated and they are passionate. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like what you're doing just like pulls all of those good things up into your network. And then you just like do this spider web of, of happy and productive and helpful out of the world. Yeah, definitely. We have a ton of creative um, contributions to this packet, which people can sign up for on the Innovation Network's website and download all of that stuff. And it just has so many links that point to other links. And there's PDFs that have other documents nested within them. So it, it, like you said, is definitely a spider web of resources and people. And it's a good way for farms to connect with each other too. Um, people using like hashtag CSA week or tagging us will get reshared. And then um, that's a good way for us to elevate all of the farmers who are involved in CSA and to whatever capacity, whether it's two members or 200 members, try to highlight all of the different ways that people are approaching CSA all over the country um, and overseas too. We've got a pretty good partner in the United Kingdom, the UK CSA network, um, and they operate all throughout like England, Scotland, Wales, that area. Um, there's a French-based organization called Argency, which is the international CSA organization for promoting community ways to connect with farmers all over the world. So we're really seeing this um, just continue to get traction and people are really engaged specifically during CSA week. That's fabulous. Um I'm going to release this episode the Thursday before CSA week starts. Great. And then I am interviewing um, the director of marketing from Minnesota Grown on oh, nice. the 19th, which is the first day of CSA Perfect. week. So I'm hoping to have that interview out Tuesday, so the 20th. So so I'm trying to I'm trying really hard to plan the, these particular episodes for a specific reason. And that's new mm -hmm. for me. I've only been doing this podcast for five months and it's just been chatting with people and finding out what they do and why they do it and how they do it. And it's been really fun. And then I was like, oh, huh, I could actually, you know, focus this in a little bit and promote things that are adjacent to yes. my topics. And I was like, oh, yes, we should promote CSA Week because that's important. I'm going to do that. Great. So I... I really, really appreciate you talking with me this morning. I woke up this morning. I was like, oh, no, I didn't really sleep. This is going to be tough. And then I 
looked at your website. I had looked at your website yesterday and I was like, nah, Sadie's got this covered. She's <laughs> she's a brilliant woman. She will tell me all the things I need to know. <laughs> oh, well, I so appreciate you putting this together, Mary. And yeah, for that foresight to get this on the calendar before CSA week rolls around. Um, I really have enjoyed, I've popped into a few of your previous podcast episodes. So it's really cool to hear from um, people, you know, on the ground who are growing things and getting them out to their community members um, and at the CSA Innovation Network and Fair Share. That's exactly the kind of stuff that we love to support. So it's great to join forces here and, and get this out on your platform. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Sadie. I hope you get some more rest. I've definitely had those sleepless nights, and I don't envy your uh, little bit of a slog today, probably. Yeah, I'm going to make a pot of coffee <laughs> after we're done and make a drink. Great. So, <laughs> Good plan. All right. You have a great day. All right. You too, Mary. Thanks again. Bye.